on our first episode Love of Talk the IV. Radio. On our first episode of the IV, we bring in Cubs prospect Cole Roderer to ask a few questions. After that, we'll focus on current Hall of Famer Ryan Sandberg and his words on steroid users. We'll then move on to the topic of Bryce Harper, the chances the Cubs can get him, and why he would want to come to the Cubs. There's also still one major hole in the roster, and we'll go over possible free agents that could fill that spot. Also, who will be extended and who will be? We talk about it all on our first episode of The Ivy. The Ivy is a brand new Cubs podcast run by myself, Thomas, and my friend Max, in which we'll be bringing Cubs news to all fans via our knowledge through our participation with our Cubs fan pages on Instagram. <clears throat> Make sure to give our host a follow on Instagram. My account is at CubsNation2018 and Max is at, Rig- at Wrigley News. And follow the official, bo- official Baseball Podcast Network social media accounts on Instagram at BaseballPodcastNet, on Twitter at BaseballPodcast1, and on SoundCloud and YouTube, both of those are at Baseball Podcast Network. So, Max, it's our first podcast here on the Ivy. How are you doing today? Um, great. I'm very excited for this, and I uh, think it'll be big in the Cubs industry. I think it's going to be great. And before we get into any Cubs news, I want to I want to console and talk with or just share out my feelings about the Cubs or the Bears' loss today. Obviously, a crushing blow. Uh, you know, you saw Cody Parkey miss the field off the uprights twice. It's tough to see that uh, after a 12-win season and a Bears fan my whole life, and I'm I'm assuming most of our listeners right now as well, um, Bears fans in the area. Max, are you a Bears fan? Did you catch the end of the game? Yeah, I am a Bears fan. Uh, I couldn't watch the game today, and that was a tough that was a tough loss. I mean, I did see some of the stats, and it's really hard for to see those two missed field goals that really costed the Bears the game. Absolutely, and you know. You watch all these games and all the time you spend in, spend a whole season. You know, it kind of happened with the Cubs last year, too, and it all just comes down to crushing. It really hurts. But as for tonight's podcast, we'll try to take our mind off the Bears. Um, as soon joining us, hopefully, uh, is the Chicago Cubs number 14 prospect, Cole Roderer. Um, we're looking to do an interview with him on some different uh, baseball-related questions uh, Max, what are you looking for? It's a it's a really good opportunity, I think, uh, for this uh, podcast first episode to bring in a guy like this. Um, you know, are, are you excited about bringing in Cole? Yeah, I'm really excited that we can bring in Cole. I mean, he's, I mean, we drafted him in the second round last year, and I'm really excited to be able to talk to him. And I think we've came up with some great questions. Yeah, and I agree. At, at this point, we're just kind of waiting uh, for whenever we get to to go when Cole comes on, but uh, last year we saw he led the Cubs Arizona team um, in runs scored and home runs as well uh, with that Arizona team and stolen bases and uh, finished third on the team in RBIs. So, you know, definitely definitely a solid prospect. He's a young kid. Uh, I believe he, I'm not sure exactly how old he is, uh, but definitely young. Uh, have you heard anything about in the minors uh, over this past year, Max, or um, is he just kind of getting into that into the stride every day? I mean, uh, I've seen some things about Cole, and I'm really excited about him, and I think that uh, he could be a big part of our future if he really pans out in the minors, and I think he will. 
So I uh, get the word that Cole is ready for us. Cole, can you hear us? Yes, sir. I can hear you. All right. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm good, man. I'm having a great time back in Arizona. That's good. That's good. So the first question I have for you today is, what's your daily routine like in the off season down in Arizona? Uh, the normally the normal daily routine in the off season is, uh, you know, I live in a house with four other dudes, so we usually wake up, uh, pretty much shower real fast, get dressed, and head over to the complex, get some breakfast, and then immediately just start working out. You know, um, they got us on a really tight schedule out there, so usually lift or throw or whatever, you know, whatever the schedule may be, you know, we're doing everything we can to try to get ready for the or for the next coming season. Um, you just wake up, kind of lift, throw, and hit a little bit, and then go through some meetings and then have the rest of our day to ourselves. That's what I like to hear. So our next question for you, Cole, is uh, when did colleges and ball clubs first contact you about their interest and your level of play? Um, they're kind of separate colleges. Uh, I committed to UCLA as a, a freshman in high school. So uh, my first college look was actually in eighth grade by the uh, Long Beach State. I went to a showcase with the team I was playing with, and I ended up getting my first letter from them, which when you're in eighth grade, you know, that it seems surreal. It doesn't seem like, you know, you think they messed up. They're sending the wrong kid. But um, I started getting my first looks in eighth grade, and then professionally uh, I started getting them the tail end of my junior year, start of my senior year. That's when started, things started, you know, coming along for me and getting some actual real looks and talking to some real people. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty nuts to get that as a, you know, 17 going an 18-year-old kid. That's yeah, pretty that's crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, so the third question we have for you, Cole, um, is there any special reason that you choose the number thirty-four to wear with the Cubs? Uh, with the Cubs team? <laughs> Honestly, in all honesty, uh, that was pretty much the only jersey that they had that would actually fit me. I got uh, I got to Arizona a little late, so <laughs> you know they told me to get a jersey. I walked in there, I was like, "Hey, what you got?" And he goes, uh, "We got thirty-four and like the high sixties, low seventies." And I was like. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'll, I'll take 34. I think that's a better number than, you know, floating in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah, we like that. That's funny, cool. So our next question for you is, what goals do you have for yourself in the 2019 season? Uh, for the upcoming season, you know, I, I really just want to, you know, I had a good season last year. I, I really just want to, you know, pad my stats and keep improving, like, in every kind of aspect, defensive, offensive, just every – Every facet of the game, I want to get better, and I want to, you know, be better as a person as as well on the field. Um, I have some, I have some really high hopes for myself. I want to, you know, I want to make sure all my bats are good. I want to make sure I can steal more bags, you know, run better routes, and just get my arms stronger. Um, you know, this uh, next season is going to be huge for me, and I'm kind of excited to see what I can really do. Yeah. So another quick question: uh, What do you do? You focus more on offense or defense while during more during the off season? Um, I'd have to say probably offense. You know, in high school, our, our my coach did an amazing job of kind of drilling, you know, all the facets of playing defense, running routes and doing all that stuff. So, um, you know, I, I love hitting. It's, you know, I dream about hitting like every baseball player does. So when, in the off season, um, I'm typically a little bit more focused on offense, not as much defense. But, you know, I, I try to work in defense. But and on the end, definitely offense. Sweet. All right, so the next question is, Cole, what advice would you give to kids just learning the game? Um, you know, even as a minor league player, um, 
at that stage, you're still a role model for a lot of kids. So what advice would you give to them uh, just in general or maybe uh, baseball specific too? Uh, my best advice would be, you know, this game is extremely tough. Like the best players in the game are hitting 300. They're, they're getting a hit three out of 10 times, which in retrospect, mm-hmm. that is, you know, you, you expect these guys that, you know, you look up to that are the best in baseball to be doing better than that. But this game is just so extremely tough. And, you know, something I learned along the way was, you know, you, you have to flip the page. you got to keep moving forward. You can never dwell on, you know, what you did yesterday or that last at-bat where you struck out on three good pitches or, you know, this game is just so tough. You just have to keep moving forward. And, you know, it's an absolute grind. Like, it's this game is hard. It's just it, – it's so hard mentally along with physically. Like, like last year, especially at the tail end of the season, you know, mentally I was just drained. I had never – I had never gone through a season like this. So, mentally I was just – it was hard, you know, so um, something I learned was just, you know, as hard as it may seem, you just got to keep moving. You got to keep doing, you know, think of that, you know, the next day is going to be better than the last. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so our next question for you, kind of relating to the advice situation, uh, who are your most influential people in your life as you were growing up and even now too? Uh, number one, absolutely number one would be my father. Um my dad worked early in the morning. He'd leave around five in the morning and wouldn't get back till six at night. And he would take off work early or whatever he could to, you know, to get me to the practices and get me to the hitting lessons and, you know, working his butt off so I, I could get that glove that I didn't really need. But as a little kid, I wanted with all my heart. Um, he did, he absolutely did everything for me, get, you know, just busting his butt up day in and day out just to make sure I could, you know, have what I had. Um, you know, till this day, he, when I'm having a tough day, I, you know, I call him and kind of just get his opinion and get his outlook on things. And, you know, he definitely keeps my head in the right space and kind of keeps me going day in and day out. All right. Now, our next question, uh, one, I don't mean to put you on the spot at all, Cole, but what's your favorite food to eat on a road trip? Oh, man, on a road trip. <laughs> it's funny because we don't get much. Like, we literally, it's like fast food and whatnot, so... Um, honestly, mm-hmm. if I can, if I can, if I can find it, if I can squeeze it in, I'm absolutely at 100% going to Chipotle. Like that is my number one. If I see it, I'm dropping anything I can to go there. Yeah. <laughs> so going off the road trip theme too, uh, what do you do to, uh, mainly pass time during road trips? Uh, to pass time, uh, I honestly, I'm, I'm I'm a big video game guy. I love video games. You know, they they really give me in like a you know happy place. So um, lately, the last season, I was really big into Fortnite. So I'd watch the I'd go on Twitch. It was like a, a video game streaming platform, and I would just watch Twitch and watch my favorite streamers. And I'd literally be in the like in the bus just laughing my butt off before a game. And all these guys are either trying to sleep or whatever, and they're just looking at me like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm just, you know, I'm happy as a little kid playing a game I love and watching Fortnite before a game. Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty cool. So one more question, too, relating to that. Um, is there any, like, certain Xbox uh, – or do you, do you play Xbox or PS4 or PC or what? I play PS4. Oh. So is there any other games that you like? Um, I love Call of Duty. Absolutely. Like those, those two are absolutely my favorite. Um, close third would probably be NBA 2K19. Uh, I actually just got that for Christmas and I've been grinding my career like no other. 
Same here, man. Same here. It's a grind. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's tough, man. It's really tough. You know, you're trying to, you know, you're just having fun playing these games. You're like, dang, man, this is it's a lot of work for not a lot of progress. But when you finally get, you know, get your player better, it's it's all worth it. Yeah, especially because, you know, you've seen the game uh, turn into almost like a pay-to-play kind of concept where, you know, people are buying hundreds of dollars of VC and you're sitting there grinding on the my career games. It definitely takes a while to get good, that's for sure. Um, it really does. Like, I've been playing for a week and I got my player to like a 70 and I was hyped. Like, I was, I was beyond hyped. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, who would be uh, – who do you think is your favorite basketball player going off of uh, – that and you talk about 2K. Who's your favorite basketball in the NBA right now? Uh, man, I, I absolutely love Kyrie Irving. He's been one of my favorite players for a really long time. Um, I grew up actually watching Ray Allen, though. Like, Ray Allen, when I was, when I was growing up, oh, everyone, like, all my friends talked about Ray Allen. Just, oh, he's, he's ruthless. You know, he's uh-huh. amazing outside the yard. He's this and that. So, uh, he was definitely my favorite player growing up. You know, I watched him whenever I could and, Definitely like like my my career player in NBA 2K19 is literally like based exactly like him. Mhm. Yeah. So another question too. Uh, is there any professional baseball or basketball players that you've met? Uh, I've actually baseball players. Uh, I've actually hung out with uh, Archie Bradley and Jake Lamb uh, this past offseason. My roommate Cole Franklin. Uh, his dad's an agent. That's who the, uh, Archie Bradley is one of the guys he represents. So um, for Fourth of July, Archie got us tickets to go on, the, or he got us on the path to go on the field and watch the fireworks. And you know, he's just one of those dudes that like you hang out with, and you know, that's who you want to be. You know, he's one of those guys that he's really down to earth, really good dude. And you know, you're hanging out with him, and it's like it doesn't feel like he's a professional baseball player. It feels like he's like an older brother. He's just that cool. Yeah, so another thing relating to Archie, too. I know, uh, I think last year he said that uh, coming out of the bullpen, he actually had to go to the bathroom really bad. Did he ever tell you that story? Actually, no, but when I found that out, uh, my roommate Cole called him, like, FaceTimed him. He's like, dude, is this true? And Archie literally, like, was busting up laughing on the phone. He's like, yeah, it, it was true, man. Like, you know, you get nervous, you got to go. Yeah, that's that's funny. All right, well, Cole, uh, that's all we have for you tonight. And on behalf of myself and Max, we'd like to truly thank you for spending uh, some time with us tonight. We we wish you the best of luck uh, for the rest of the off season, And honestly, we hope someday we can see you playing Cubs uniform, man. Absolutely. Thank you thank you guys so much for the opportunity to do this. Thank you, Cole. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good one. You too. Hello everyone, this is Nick from the Mullins Catch Podcast. Please make sure to tune in to our first episode on January 7, 2019. We will be discussing many topics such as the Mullins new logo, changes to Mullins Park, the naming rights, trades, free agency signings, players who were cut in the offseason, 2019 MLB draft, 2019 MLB prospects that are on the Marlins, and the TV deal. This will be all found on Blog Talk Radio, and we have so many more. On the first episode, we will be talking about 2018 in review, our record on where we stand, what our potential signings will be at the fourth overall pick, and the attendance rating. Please make sure on January 7, 2019, to please tune into our first episode. You do not want to miss it. Thank you, guys. This is Nick from the Marlins Catch Podcast, and have a good day.
All right, so welcome back into our first episode of the Ivy Podcast. We just wrapped up uh, our first interview with uh, Cubs uh, number 14 prospect, Cole Roeder. Uh, really cool to listen to a guy, you know, is in the grind for baseball, even if it's just in the minors. Um, Max, did anything strike you um, as uh, interesting to listen to? Uh, I mean, not much off the top of my head. Yeah, I think it was really just, you know, he's like a really good guy. Um, and, you know, it was really, really cool to listen to him. Yeah, so he was a super him. guy. Sorry about yeah, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, he was a super fun guy to talk to, and I'm glad we could bring him in. I mean, I think it's a great start to the to start off our first episode, too. Yeah, for sure. And um, if you guys are listening, make sure to dial our number, 845-277-9345. If you want to have a chance to come here on the show, give us a question, or if you have a comment, um, we'd be more than happy to have you guys on the show. Um, but we're going to get into our first topic of conversation today. Uh, tonight, actually, um, as for Ryan Sandberg's Hall of Fame comments, and you know, back in October, while sitting down with fan sided Mark Kamen, Ryan Sandberg has a very strong stance on steroid users, um, and clearly believes that they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. As he said, "quote No steroid guys should be in the Hall of Fame." Sandberg told fan sided "It's about stats, integrity, and playing by the rules. There's no cheating in Major League Baseball or the Hall of Fame." End quote. So, Max, open up to you. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, what Ryan Sandberg said? Do you agree with him? Do you disagree with him? And, you know, what do you think about some of these uh, guys that are getting votes to be in the Hall of Fame? I mean, personally, I believe that even if guys did use steroids to, I mean, improve their game or for whatever reason, there's always a chance that guys have made the Hall of Fame that they haven't that they haven't figured out that have used steroids, even though they did. And even for, like, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, I mean, those guys are guys who, like, even though they did cheat, they were. you still have to put the bat on the ball, whether you use steroids or not. Yeah, and, you know, definitely, definitely a good point. Um, I, I think I agree, honestly, uh, from I, – I kind of agree with Ryan Sandberg. I'm going to go against you there uh, just because I think – uh, you know, we saw seasons from Barry Bonds where, you know, he'd be reaching 200 strikeouts. And, yeah, you know, and like Ryan Sandberg said, it's all about – it was all about the home run. And he's definitely not wrong in that. And it definitely increased the popularity of the sport because everyone likes to see bangers. But um, I kind of agree with him in that there should be less appeal to a 200 strikeout, uh, 40 home run year. But – as for, uh, we have a mailbag, or not a mailbag, but a caller, uh, John from Kalamazoo, wanted to talk about Sammy Sosa in the Hall of Fame. So hopefully, uh, John, can you hear us? Hey, I can hear you just fine. Thanks a lot for taking my call. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Really enjoying the show tonight. And uh, that interview with Cole was great. I uh, am just curious on your opinion on uh, Sosa's chances of getting in the Hall of Fame. You know, I was uh, I was a kid myself in the um, in the '90s as he was really kind of lighting up the scoreboard at Wrigley. And I'm just curious what you guys think his chances are and and how the Hall of Fame should should handle um, alleged users of PEDs. I'll hang up and take your response. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, thanks, John. Uh, Max, do you want to do you want to answer first? Yeah, I'll start. I mean, personally. I mean, a lot of people are against Sammy Sosa. I mean, 
obviously the Cubs won't allow him back in, and I think that's something that they should do. I mean, he had 609 career home runs, with, which is ninth all-time, batting 273, and he also had 1,667 RBI, which is 30th in MLB history. I mean, a lot of people nowadays think RBIs like really aren't that important, but no matter what, like I said earlier, you have to put the ball in play to get uh, guys to score, and Part of that does depend where you bat in the lineup, but personally, I think uh, Sammy Sosa should be welcomed back by the Cubs, and I think that he does have a chance in the Hall of Fame, but personally, I'm not sure if he'd make it. Yeah, um, as for me and answering John's question, uh, once again, we appreciate you coming on, but I would say that uh, his percentage, like the percent chance that he makes it in, um, would be relatively low. I kind of agree with Max. Um, I don't know the, the an exact percentage, I'd say 20% or something like that, but, um, you know, Sammy Sosa, we've seen it get kind of caught up in the headlines a lot recently in the last few years with, you know, things non-baseball related regarding his race, things like that, um, that kind of just mucks up the whole situation and you lose sight of uh, why he was such a great player. So, you know, I agree with you, John, uh, in that you know, he was lighting things up at Wrigley Field, and you know I think you lose you lose a sense of that when uh, non-baseball related things come up, and there's no you, you can't disregard uh, what he did. Um, but going into a second caller, uh, we have Pat from Barry on Springs wanting to talk about money allocations and needs of the roster. Uh, so Pat, can you hear me? Yeah, sure can. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Good evening, guys. I appreciate the show. The interview with uh, with Cole was great. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about money allocation left before the season starts and where you guys would see the Cubs putting that money, but then also like where you would put the money first and, and foremost. There seems to be needs in the bullpen, um, questions in the, in the outfield possibly, and then there's the whole um, uh, issue with do the Cubs even have money. So I appreciate your guys' time, and thanks for taking my call. Yeah, we definitely appreciate it, Pat. Definitely thanks again for calling in. Uh, as for me with money allocation, uh, we'll definitely touch in, and honestly we'll touch, we'll touch about it later on a whole lot um, later on in the podcast. But uh, we've seen – it's basically come down to this for me at least um, – whether the Cubs think they can go get Bryce Harper or if they want to take a step back and pay up for a Craig Kimbrell. Uh, I think we'll go into that later, but um, as for me, I think it, it needs to be a business decision made here, a franchise decision, you know, for the next few years. And whether or not we want to do that is up to Theo Epstein, and I think we just have to trust whatever route he goes. Matt, do you have anything to add on to that, or should we talk about that later on? Yeah, I agree there. I mean, we're, we had a topic. We have uh, that set for later, too. But part of it, too, is uh, if we'll trade Jason Hayward or possibly Tyler Chatwood, Brian Dunsing, uh, Brandon mm-hmm. Kinsler. I mean, obviously, those are guys you don't really want on your <coughs> roster. And they're guys who not every team would want, let alone if any team. So we'll definitely touch on that later more, too. Yeah, for sure. And just closing out uh, the Ryan Sandberg kind of section, uh, Ryan Sandberg also said, quote, hopefully the younger writers who are now getting votes 
are not enamored by the home run and the 200 strikeouts a year, which was which I was alluding to, uh, during the steroid era, era, Stanberg said. Baseball during that time was all about home run. It wasn't about a defensive player to the double play. It wasn't about winning baseball or what it takes to win a game today or prior to the story, or prior to the steroid era. And from that, I know Matthew will disagree, but I honestly wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Do you have anything else to add in before we end that segment? I mean, the only thing I have to say is, I mean, like I've said, guys have to put the bat on the ball, and some guys I think deserve to get in. Like Barry Bonds, I mean, that guy was a legend even with using steroids. Uh Obviously, we don't specifically know how much it helped him, but looking at his career stats, it does. It did a lot. But even if you took out every single one of his uh, home runs, he'd have just under uh, 800 career OPS, which which is just, I mean – pretty good like average is around 750 and pretty good is 800 so really taking out all those home runs still gives him like a very good not super good but a decent OPS so mm-hmm. this Tuesday tune into FanCast Philly's pitching prospect Colt Irvin will join us and we will break down the latest David Robertson signing, and all the missed opportunities the Phillies have had this offseason. We will also break down the weekly updates on superstars Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, listen to all calls and mailbag questions. Make sure to tune in to hear what our hosts have to say. Go Phils. All right, so we're back here for our second topic of conversation. I just want to remind you guys, you can call in the number 845-277. 9345, that's 845-277-9345 if you want to hear your voice on our show. And also make sure to give your hosts a follow on Instagram as I'm at PubStation2018, Max is at Ridley News, and follow the official Baseball Podcast Network media accounts on Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net, Twitter at Baseball Podcast One, and on both SoundCloud and YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network. So, Max, we get to this uh, second point of conversation, and uh, we talk about Bryce Harper and what has been, you know, the biggest talk of free agency. And, you know, we've seen these new rumors or quote-unquote rumors and smoke kind of being thrown around as John Heyman a couple weeks ago on MLB TV believes that the Cubs are now the favorites to land Harper, in his opinion. Um, Why is that? Why do you think that he, you know, what's your stance on Bryce Harper right now? I mean, personally, Bryce Harper would obviously be a great pickup to put in the outfield, and we would need a clear payroll, at least some, possibly a Jason Hayward situation or a Tyler Chatwood trade. And really, I think Harper would want to come due to um, his wife and Chris Bryant's wife being best friends, and along with Bryce Harper and Chris Bryant. I mean, obviously, they're really close, even though, uh, as Harper has said, his decision won't be clearly made off of that. But, I mean, obviously... After the Los Angeles Dodgers trade, shipping away Matt Kemp, Alex Wood, and Yasiel Puig to Cincinnati, uh, the Cubs haven't made any big moves. So really, I mean, as we did here the other day, uh, the Dodgers have um, been rumored to not be in on Bryce Harper anymore as they're going for relievers or possibly a catching situation. But possibly for the Cubs, I mean, obviously there's still Philly in, and we really don't have money currently. What do you think on that, Thomas? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, with the news coming out that the Dodgers are, are out, or, 
you know, are out, they say. I don't really buy it. Um, you know, we, I, I don't know exactly. Do you know, do you know what source I came from with the Dodgers being out of it? Uh, I did not get a source, but I did. Uh, there was something on Twitter the other day. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to count out the Dodgers. Honestly, in my opinion, uh, I wouldn't say they're the front runner, but you know, the fact that they traded Alex Wood, Yasiel Puig, and Matt Kemp to the Reds is just kind of a dish off money, and then we can bring in Harper kind of deal. You traded two outfielders. Um, you know, I, I, I would not, I would not count them out. Um, as for why Harper would want to come to the Cubs, uh, like you said, there's the relationship there between uh, Jessica Bryant and I'm not sure exactly what Harper's wife's name is. And, you know, they go, on, they go on vacations together, et cetera. Um, we did hear, at least I heard from a source a couple weeks ago, or like a month ago, saying that uh, the relationship there would not determine where Bryce Harper would go. But it definitely plays a role. And, um, you know, what? I think that at this point, I think the Cubs will get Bryce Harper. Um, and, you know, do you have any ideas of how – you know, a couple ways the Cubs could be able to pay for Bryce Harper? I mean, yeah, there is a couple ways, clearly. I mean, as I said earlier, finding a suitor for uh, Jason Hayward, who's owed $106 million over the next five years. And really, no team would want to take over all that. So the Cubs would have to send about $56 million with them, only leaving $10 million for the next few years. And the only other possible way is possibly trading a t- – separate player obviously with a larger contract but I mean the other one is to take the tax hit in 2019 and then be prepared to back under the $208 million competitive balance tax also also known as the luxury tax in 2020 trying to find inexpensive arms for the bullpen like Los Angeles did which I'll let you explain what was that sorry I didn't hear the last part uh, so part of Basically, if the Cubs were able to sign Bryce Harper, then they would need to find inexpensive arms for the bullpen, like uh, oh, yeah. not signing yeah, sure. not signing Hamels and Zobrist, I mean, which would save money, which really I don't see us doing, and I'll let you speak on the bullpen part. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, um, we'd save $32 million by not re-signing Hamels and Zobrist in 2020, which makes a lot of sense. Um, that we wouldn't do those two moves. And in addition, we saved 27 and a quarter million. Uh, if they let bullpen, bullpen guys go, um, including Brandon Morrow, Pedro Strope, CJ Edwards, sorry, sorry, uh, Brandon Morrow, Pedro Strope, Steve Ciszek, Brandon Kinsler, and Brian Dunstein are all free agents after 2019. If all uh, five of those guys go away, uh, we're saving 27 and a quarter million. So it's definitely an option there. Uh, that we could we could bring in Harper and you know we saw this happen with the last two teams competing for the World Series in 2018, um, as Kimbrel and Joe Kelly were the only ones on the Boston Red Sox earning more than 1.1 million dollars last year, and uh, Kenley Jansen and Josh Fields were the only ones on the Dodgers earning more than 2.2 million dollars. So that's definitely a topic of interest there, uh, where the Cubs could see an advantage in bringing in Harper and then finding inexpensive arms to fill the roles of those five guys that may not be coming uh, back to Chicago after 2019. Um, But, you know, another thing, too, with Harper wanting to come to the Cubs, 
it just seems that the Cubs are the destination uh, for, you know, a great city. And obviously L.A. has everything to offer what Chicago does. But, you know, the idea of playing with a bunch of young guys that were in the system already, it's really just a fun ball club. And I think Bryce Harper would want to uh, become a part of that. Do you agree with me? Yeah, I do agree with you there. And another thing to mention is, too, I mean, if we were able to sign Bryce Harper, like you said earlier, we wouldn't necessarily have money for a full bullpen. But watching the Red Sox last year, most of the guys that stepped up for them in the World Series and like that, I mean, guys like Brandon Phillips and just depth guys, that's like what you need. And so that really shows how Kimbrell and Joe Kelly – they played a big role, but you also need depth players who will play bigger roles who are overlooked. Hello, everyone. My name is Eamon, and I'm one of the hosts at Pinstripe Talk. On Tuesday, January 9th at 5 o'clock, we will be covering more of the crazy offseason for the Yankees. From Zach Britton re-signing and seeing what the rest of the bullpen goes now that David Robertson is gone, to also seeing where and if Machado or Harper come to New York. All this will be featured on this week's episode of Pinstripe Talk. All right, welcome back into the third segment of today's The Ivy uh, Podcast. It's our first episode here. Uh, make sure to call in at 845-277-9345 if you want to hear your voice here on our podcast. If you have a question to ask, a comment, and you know whatever's going on, just make sure you give us a call. We always appreciate that. But as for the third topic today, Max, we're going to be talking about our 2019 bullpen outlooks. Um, it's definitely a clear uh, – sh- we're coming up short, I feel like, as of right now with relievers and um, a free agent market that is uh, seeing relievers kind of go off the shelf relatively fast now. Uh, we're getting – in the middle of January almost. Uh, what do you? What's your outlook on the 2019 bullpen for the Cubs? I mean, obviously, there's some guys to look at, and probably the biggest ones are a healthy Brandon Morrow, Pedro Strobe, C.J. Edwards, Steve Ciszek, and finally Randy Rosario. Personally, really our only reliable lefty as of currently is Randy Rosario, and which kind of means that you need to – sign a lefty I mean you can't really rely on Randy Rosario I mean hopefully Mm -hmm. he's not another Brian Dunsing as he was good one year horrible the next and he didn't come up through the system either which is worrisome so hopefully he fits in this year and has another I mean good season out of the bullpen yeah and for me I think my key factor is Pedro Stroke and uh, even though, yeah, he is up for contract or up for free agency at the end of this year, you know, you look at his last three seasons, okay, and he's played in – last year he played in 60 games, the year before that 69, and the year before that 54. Pedro Strope has had a sub-three ERA, and in last year he had a 2.26 ERA. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, we at first, you know, we – at least for me, I was a little skeptical about Pedro Strope when he first came to Chicago. Um, but what, what do you think about Pedro Strope and the possibility of the Cubs bringing him back in 2020, or do you think it's not a possibility he's going to get um, – you know, he is 33 years old, but do you think he's going to get a multi-year deal for big money somewhere? I mean, personally, it kind of depends on this next year. I mean, as he's aging and he's now 33, um, it kind of depends how he is this next season. I mean – 
in his five full seasons with Chicago, he's at a 2.21 ERA, 2.91, 2.85, 2.83, and 2.26, which are all really good seasons, especially for a bullpen guy who's aging. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what will really show that is how good he is this next year. And, I mean, really, I mean, under a 3-1, 3-2 ERA, I think we'll sign him to a multi-year deal as long as it's not crazy amounts of money like someone like Brandon Morrow would ask for. Yeah, and I agree. I think Brandon Morrow uh, is gone after next year. But out of the five guys that are becoming free agents after uh, this upcoming year, in 20, after 2019, in Brandon Morrow, Pedro Stroke, Steve Cishek, Brandon Kinster, and Brian Dunsing, um, taking into account what their uh, future contracts are going to look like, who would be your top one or two guys to bring back out of the five that I just mentioned? Um, and would you be willing to let go all of them? Like we said earlier today, it's 27 and a quarter million. Would you be willing to let them go if you could get Bryce Harper in 2019 to make your run at the title uh, for Chicago and through the last four seasons? I mean, personally, I think I'm I'm a big guy on – I'm big on – winning now instead of focusing on the future. If we can sign Bryce Harper, I want to be able to sign Bryce Harper because then you have a chance to win this year and you have a lot better of a chance than you do now. Even focusing on the 2020 season, I mean, that's not we're in 2019 right now and not 2020. So really we should focus on how good these bullpen guys are this year and if we can lock them up and get Bryce Harper, um, I would love that, but really I don't I don't see a possibility there unless someone like Pedro Strope is accepting is would accept a cheap deal. I mean, I don't know how cheap he'd go, but signing Bryce Harper would kind of prevent you from signing certain guys. Yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's interesting because um at the right price, I think Pedro Strope would come back. And or I sorry, I need to rephrase that. I think Pedro Strope would be realistic and what he's asking for. You know, he'll be 34 years old. He loves Chicago, clearly. I think he'd be willing to take a little bit of pay cut, um, you know, if he could be on this roster for another couple of years. But uh, like you said with Bryce Harper, I completely agree. And that's why, even though it's a little bit of a hot take and obviously a little bit of a bias being on a Cubs, being a, uh, a Cubs fan, but I think we'll get Bryce Harper. And if we're going to get Bryce Harper, I totally agree. I think all these five guys can go. Um, we can win in 2019, we can make a run at the title, and something tells me that even though I question that source, et cetera, with the Dodgers being out um, of the Bryce Harper talk, if we've become the favorite, I have a lot of trust in Theo Epstein wanting to create this team as good as possible for 2019 after a very, very disappointing uh, ending last year. And, you know, a lot of a lot of people around the MLB – you know, questioning Joe Madden, questioning Theo Epstein, questioning the Cubs stars offensively after, you know, a month of bad baseball, it might be just kind of a we're moving all chips to the table move and Theo Epstein just goes for it all. What do you think about that take on the rest of the offseason possibly shaping out that way? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you there. I mean, if Theo can get Bryce Harper, then – that's not something you want to reject. I mean, that's a guy with a generational talent and especially with how much like it's here in Chicago with him. I mean, Chris Bryant, as we talked about earlier, but I'm going to talk about some possibilities if we weren't to get Bryce Harper. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. looking at Zach Britton, 
Jakeem Soria and David Robertson already signing along with Andrew Miller. I mean, Britain just signed yesterday a three-year $39 million deal and Soria to the Athletics on a two-year $15 million deal. I mean, if we were to sign Bryce Harper, obviously we wouldn't be able to get much else for the bullpen. Um, but there is one certain guy that I do really like for uh, the Cubs if we weren't able to get Bryce Harper, and that's Craig Kimbrell. I mean, as we know, he does want near he did want near a hundred million, but he has lowered it since then down to about eighty or ninety. So if Harper were to go to L.A. or Philly or the Yankees, I mean. I mean, yeah, that'd suck to see, but there's we can't just fall back and whine about it the rest of the offseason. We need to focus on guys for the bullpen, and I really like Craig, Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, and I completely agree. Um, as much as I talk about Bryce Harper uh, tonight, you know, if we don't get Bryce Harper and we make the move to go out and get a Craig Kimbrell, I'm not going to be disappointed at all. Um, you know, if you bring in Craig Kimbrell, you know, your situation goes from – Morrow as a closer is now going to that setup role, so you have a one-two punch, one of the best in the league, if not the best, uh, with Kimball and Morrow. And then, you know, like we talked about, Strope, if he exceeds, if he does what he's been doing the last three to five years now, Strope's going to be the seventh inning guy. And we we saw issues last year uh, with some of those guys like Justin Wilson um, and Brian Dunstan being forced into the sixth and seventh innings just because we didn't have the depth. And, now we see Joe Madden, who loves to use his guys just a whole lot in different situations. Um, you know, be able to use DC Shack and uh, Justin Wilson as a as a left-handed specialist for splits, stuff like that. Um, definitely opens up the uh, book for Madden if we can get Craig Kimbrell. Um, we have a caller from uh, Chicago. His name's Albert. He wants to talk Harper. Albert, can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. So, what do you have to say, man? So I think uh, personally that uh, the Cubs should like look into getting rid of uh, Hayward. Cause, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people agree with that because I, I don't think really anybody wants him. I mean, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but I'd much rather have Harper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, I think I we. Sorry, God. I think Thomas and I both agree with you there. I think I mean I think whatever you got to do to get rid of him, like even if you got to get rid of like Hap or Schwarber get rid of them right there, and then just get rid of Hayward because it's, like, complete bust right now. Yeah, and, you know, we're going to talk about Hayward in about 10 minutes or so in the next segment, but uh, for sure, like, you know, if you can find a suitor, like Max said, you know, San Francisco's been in talks with us. Uh, if you can find a suitor to take that contract and, you know, bring it down to, like, $10 million, and I'll, I'll discuss that a little later. But, you know, if we only have to eat a, a portion of that, and, you know, we, we'd have to probably take on a couple bad contracts uh, that I know Max is going to talk about later. Um, but as for me, like, yeah, I 100% agree uh, with you, Albert. And um, any way we can get rid of Hayward's contract would probably be a benefit. If we can get Harper, even if we had to part with guys like uh, Happ and Schwarber, um, definitely probably – uh, I'd be more willing to get rid of half than Schwarber. How about you, Max? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with – I mean, obviously losing either of those players would hurt because they have such high ceilings. But if that's to get Bryce Harper on a long-term contract, I think that you need to um, – personally, I think you need to be sure that you're able to lock up at least Chris Bryant or Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, I think yeah. The, the Cubs – Definitely, I think they shouldn't sign him for like a ten-year, 
10-year deal, maybe like a shorter five-year if you take it. But because uh, you got to like, like you said, you got to lock up KB or lock up Rizzo. Because I'm, and Rizzo already took a pay cut to stay with the Cubs, and I'm sure KB he wouldn't take a huge one because he's like still pretty young. He he could get a max contract somewhere, but I think that he'd take somewhat of a pay cut to stay uh, where he is right now. Yeah, I definitely agree, Albert. And um, right, we're going to get on to the next reliever, but I definitely appreciate your call, Albert. Um, you know, hopefully right, we see you in the you. coming weeks of the podcast, man. All right, thank you. Uh, Cody Parkey's pretty bad too. Just then. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I don't want. I don't want to think about it anymore, man. It's terrible. All right, thank you. Yeah, peace out, man. Uh, so, Max, I have one other uh, reliever here that I want to talk about, and it's a guy that's kind of under the radar in a way. Um, Adam Adovino, uh, former Rocky, you know, his slider is just wicked good at 9 to 10 inches of horizontal movement last year, and you know, he kind of resurrected his career at the age of 34, and you know, a guy that you didn't hear anything about two or three years ago, and all of a sudden he's crushing it at a, at a later age, and um, he should get a bump in numbers uh, with not having to pitch at Coors Field if he came to Chicago. If this is a guy that, you know, we like you mentioned, we saw those those other relievers go off the board now. If we're not going to get Kimbrell, uh, what do you think about Adam Adovino? I mean, personally, I think Adam Adovino would be a great move. I mean, in 2016, he was definitely an under-the-radar guy. Uh, I mean, I hadn't heard a word about him until last season, but he had a 2.67 ERA then, and his ERA plus was 184. And this year, uh, 2.43 ERA and uh, ERA ERA plus of 193. So, I mean, those are definitely some appealing stats, and I, I agree with you. I mean, not pitching at cores, and if we were uh, to miss out on both Craig Kimbrell and Bryce Harper, I mean, I think Adam Adovino would be a great backup plan. Yeah, and I, I agree there. And we have another caller, Kevin from Grand Rapids. Uh, you know, we were just talking about how that we should get rid of Hayward, uh, you know, yeah, get rid of Hayward, all this stuff. But he wants to defend Hayward. Uh, so we're we're hosting Kevin here. Uh, what what are your thoughts, Kevin? Good to have you. Hey hey guys, thanks a lot for taking my call. Yeah, I just I really enjoyed the show tonight, and uh, I just can't take the uh, Hayward bashing anymore. I will fully admit he has not lived up to his contract. However, without Jason Hayward, there is no 2016 World Series championship. The guy is a perennial Gold Glove outfielder. Great leadership, and I think we need to be very careful before we just give him away to someone so we can sign Harper, who has never won a playoff series. So I'd love to hear you guys talk a little more about the the pros and cons of signing Harper long-term. And I uh, hope you guys have a great night. Thanks again for the show. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Uh, Max, you want to you start us off with that one? First off, the first question is, uh, you know, maybe maybe we should take a step back uh, with letting go of Hayward, and then second off, uh, you know, the the positives and negatives uh, to signing Bryce Harper. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with him. I mean, without Jason Hayward and that rain delay, we wouldn't have won that 2016 World yeah. Series. But I mean, yeah. that's that's two years ago now, and we're in 2019. We're not living in 2016 as much as um, probably most of us want to. I mean, I think mm-hmm. adding Bryce Harper would probably be probably be the best option as of now to make. I mean, Bryce Harper 
he's right about Bryce Harper, but he's never had anyone around him to to make up for the playoff series. I mean, obviously, as guys like Max Scherzer, Anthony Rendon, I mean, but it's not a team that has the best chemistry. I mean, obviously, they signed Patrick Corbin this offseason, but it, they're not growing these guys through their system. I mean, just like a Max Scherzer, he was signed and he wasn't he wasn't homegrown. So I think that definitely plays a part. And I, I think the Cubs chemistry is great right now. And I think that Bryce Harper would bring a possible threat to the Cubs team. I mean, we don't have any guys that are specifically uh, energized to go, to go and like go out there and get all upset, which is something I think we need other than Joe Madden, because obviously he can't go fight the players or whatever. So I agree with him on the Hayward situation, but I really think that it's time to move on. Yeah. And, you know, looking at his stats here, um, the 2016, uh, 49 RBIs, 2017, 59 RBIs, 2018, 57. Uh, we haven't seen a year over 11 homers. And his best batting average year was last year at 270. And in 2016, even though, uh, you know, he had the, the $200 million pep talk, right? That's what we say around here. But, um, you know, a, a, a career low with the Cubs, 230 batting average, and obviously the career low in home runs and RBIs. Like you said, it's 2019 now. I don't think we can wait any longer. If we can bring in Bryce Harper, I think we have to do it. Um, I definitely agree uh, with Kevin about his defense. That will definitely be missed uh, if we do get Bryce Harper. And as for uh, Bryce Harper in the playoffs, Let's not forget that Dusty Baker was their manager. Okay, and this dude <laughs> couldn't win. You know, like, I don't what was the record there? Like, he couldn't win a playoff series, or was it a? I don't know. Yeah, there was something regarding him about that. I remember. Yeah, um, I don't. I think ahead. overall, I mean, that whole situation in Washington with Bryce Harper and the whole team. I mean, it was just a mess with Dave. Uh, not David. I was about to say David Martinez, Dusty but Baker. yeah, Dusty Baker. He w- he was he could not win a playoff game to say a playoff series to save his life. And I mean, yeah. David Martinez, former Cubs bench coach, he wasn't great with um he wasn't great with the Nationals last year either. I mean, Harper. I mean, had a down first half, but the guy still managed to have a three ninety three on base percentage. I mean. A lot of people look at average and they're oh we batted two forty nine and I two forty three back in two thousand sixteen and they're like, Oh, that wasn't a great season but personally I think batting average is a really overlooked stat. Not overlooked, overrated stat. And I think more what we should be looking at is on base percentage. I mean three ninety three, I mean, that'd be nearly four times out of ten you'd be getting on base, which is absolutely lethal. I mean, at the top of the lineup, that's a great guy to have matched up with Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez. I mean, it's just he'd be a lethal guy to add to the lineup. Yeah, and the last part I want to add in about Bryce Harper before we move on to the fourth topic is, like you said, on base percentage, but he had 130 walks last year, okay? 130 walks. If you bring in 130 walks to the Cubs with a team that has swing-happy guys, okay, Javier Baez, you know, you see 
Jason Hayward. They're all striking out. And the problem is, even though Javi Baez is so great, we need guys like that that can get on base because, honestly, we didn't see our guys taking a lot of walks last year, and it made me so mad. You know, they swing it at, you know, like, like two, two well counts, stuff like that. And bringing in 130 walks, you know, that, that's got to help it, right, Max? Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, and obviously, even with walks, uh, he, I mean, the guy has never had a horrible year regarding on-base percentage since 2014. I mean, it's looks like 460 when he won MVP in 2015, 373, 413, and 393. I mean, none of those are bad at all. I mean, looking at Chris Bryant, he's right around there too when healthy. And I mean, just adding that to the lineup, that adds so much. And even even though you would be missing even though you would be missing Jason Hayward in the outfield, I definitely think his offense makes up for it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I just want to remind everyone as we head into this fourth topic now, uh make sure you give us any last calls at eight four five two seven seven nine three four five. That's eight four five two seven seven nine three four five. And uh, give your host, uh, myself and Max, a follow on Instagram, at CubsNation2018 is mine, and Max is at Wrigley News. But as we head into the last segment of our uh, first episode today, Max, let's talk a little bit about uh, Jason Hayward's suitors. You know, we're going to go into some trade targets and extension talks in this last segment. Uh, what are you seeing right now from the Giants uh, with as, as a potential Jason Hayward suitor? I mean, personally, I think the Giants would be, I mean, a great suitor for Jason Hayward. I mean, they they really didn't look great last year, and Mad- Madison Bumgarner is coming to his last year on his deal. And I don't – I really, I don't think we could get him unless we traded, I mean, a prospect like a M- Miguel Amaya or someone in the majors now, and probably two of them, I, Ian Happ, Albert Elmore Jr., or Kyle Schwarber. I mean, two other guys, too, that I really like are Will Smith and Tony Watson. I mean, both of them are really good guys. Uh, that would be uh, pretty good to add to the bullpen, along with um, Tony Watson is also a left-hander. So, I mean, I think that'd be a really good guy to add to the bullpen. And regarding regarding Will Smith, uh, he's also a lefty. So, I mean, he had a 2.95 ERA last year. Uh, arguably one of the best seasons of his career other than 2015 with Milwaukee. Yeah, and, you know, like you previously after mentioned uh, in the show earlier, uh, the fact that uh, Randy Rosario is kind of like the only lefty, uh, granted that uh, Brian Dunstein and Justin Wilson really just aren't getting it done. Uh, Will Smith stands out as a guy, you know, at the age of only 28 years old, uh, yeah, two, 255 ERA last year in uh, 54 games with the Giants. Definitely a guy that if we were uh, to be able to find a suitor for Hayward and, you know, be able to uh, pay off a portion of his contract and get it down to about $10 million a year, we can ship the rest up to San Fran. Will Smith is a guy that I wouldn't scoff, I wouldn't scoff at, you know, getting him in return. Um, and another uh, another player that his future with the Cubs is kind of up in the air is Ben Zobris. Uh, he's a free agent after this next year. And obviously, you know, you can't disregard what Ben Zobris has done for this franchise um, back in 2016 with 
World Series MVP, and you know, for, for that alone, we should pay him what he's done. But uh, even in the years after, in 2017, 2018, obviously a little shaky, but at times. But overall, a guy that could get on base all the time and uh, you know, is, is a solid day in day out player, even though he's aging. And for me, I just don't see us having a future for Ben Zobers. Uh, do you feel the same, Max? And Obviously, you can't discredit what he's done, but you know, what are your thoughts about Ben Zobris after next year? Yeah, I mean, I can't personally agree with you. I mean, I think Ben Zobris has been – I mean, he was a huge part in 2016 too, obviously. I mean, that double in the World Series. I mean, in the 2016 uh, World Series MVP too. I mean, that was a huge part. And I think even having him to – I mean – Signing him on a two-year, like eight million dollar deal. I mean, if we can afford that, and we can, and I think that we'll be able to. I mean, that would be huge because just leading young guys. I mean, he's such a big part to this roster currently. Yeah, that's true. And you know, as for your point to uh, having that veteran guy around the, the ball club, definitely doesn't doesn't hurt you and. The fact that he hit 305 last year is pretty eye-opening. Um, and that was, I'm looking back at it, his career best, actually, uh, was last year in uh, 139 games. So, you know, maybe if you can bring, bring him back on a you know, two-year, like you said, two-year, eight, eight, $10 million deal, uh, maybe he'll do it. But maybe he also will, maybe the Cubs will win the World Series in 2019 and maybe he'll retire. Uh, definitely a possibility. But, um, as for kind of the last part of our show here, it doesn't look like we have any more callers at the moment, but <clears throat> I try to have a little bit of a hot take here, and this might get some uh, this might get some callers in. But we're going to talk about Chris Bryant here, um, and the question is, will Chris Bryant be a Cub after the next three years when he hits free agency? And here's my stance on it: if we get Bryce Harper, I don't think he is. If we get Bryce Harper, or, yeah, if we get Bryce Harper, I don't think he is. If we don't get Bryce Harper, I think he is. And it comes down to this. The Cubs only have so much money here. And we're going to be paying Anthony Rizzo. And if we do get Harper, I feel like it's going to come down to a situation that we saw this last year in the, in the MLB. And it was the difference between the Baltimore Orioles situation with Manny Machado and the other situation with the Washington Nationals with Bryce Harper. And, Baltimore situation with Machado is that they didn't want to take a wait-and-see approach and like Washington did, and they traded him as a rental. But at Washington, uh, they took the wait-and-see approach, offered Harper $300 million plus, north of $300 million. He declined. It comes down to if the Cubs – what do you think the Cubs are going to do? Because for me, I just think it's kind of a lose-lose situation in a way if we get Bryce Harper because – if we're not contending, which hopefully we are, and if we are contending, it's not like we're going to ship them off for a rental like Baltimore did. But the thing is, is that if you don't win at all that year, then you're going to offer him 300 plus million, uh, and his his uh, his free his uh, agent is Scott Boris, the same as Bryce Harper. I could see a very similar situation for Chris Bryant in the next in uh, three years in the future. And uh, what, what's your stance on that, Max? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you there. I mean, eventually you're gonna lose you're gonna lose someone. I mean, you can't re-sign Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and sign Bryce Harper. I mean, you're gonna lose someone no matter what. And 
I think Chris Bryant really could be the odd one out if we if we do sign Bryce Harper, which I'm hoping we do. But like I said earlier, we got to focus on the future. Focus yeah, on this year, not the future. Yeah, I completely agree. I just I just think it's interesting. Though. It, it, it's definitely this off season to pet, or it has so many factors to it down the road, and definitely a lot of not a lot of pressure, but just a lot of things they left side have to think about for where this franchise wants to go. But uh, with that, Max, that's going to wrap up our first episode of the Ivy Podcast here on January 6th. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts on the Cubs or anything else sports-related? Uh, nope, not other than that. I mean, the Cubs convention is in two weeks, and I'm excited uh, for that and to talk to you guys after that. All right. Well, thank you to everyone that stopped by throughout this hour. Another thanks to Cole Roderer, uh, the number 14 Cubs prospect, for joining us at the beginning of the show. And if you missed that, uh, make sure to head over to at Baseball Podcast Network on all social medias and give us a follow on Instagram at CubsNation2018 and at Wrigley News. Um, we look forward to seeing you next week on January 13th for our second episode. Uh, the specific time was, will be to be determined, but there's about a 95% chance uh, that it's going to be again at 8 central time. And uh, last thank you to John, Pat, Albert, and Kevin uh, for hopping on uh, with us to talk here. But for that, peace out from the Ivy. The Ivy is produced by Benson Fexer. The Ivy is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram, Thomas, at CubsNation2018, and Max, at Wrigley News. For more of the Ivy content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com. And be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all their social media platforms. Instagram, at BaseballPodcastNet. Twitter, at BaseballPodcast1. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1, YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network, and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to the Ivy. We'll see you next week.